Welcome to Navi Tales, where we discuss video game lore and whatever the hell else we want to discuss. Yes, because this is our podcast. Yes, and that's how it works. I am ruler of this domain, along with my queen, Nick. Hi. I'm Josh. I am the queen. (laughs) Yes. Hi, I am queen. Hi, I am queen. Hi, I am dog. (laughs) And today we have come to the conclusion we are going to discuss... Overwatch, the game that has successfully consumed both Nick and I's personal lives since I made Nick buy it. Yeah. Yeah. And I was the most reluctant person to buy it because... Tell tell our audience why I you no one should ever listen to me. Uh, why no one should ever listen to you? Yeah, why I'm a bad influence and make people buy shit that I never <clears throat> contribute to. Because... Uh, Josh has the attention span of a gnat. I think we mentioned that last podcast. And he just sees a game and buys it, and then we'll play it. Hey, so then... No, I no, 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 in no. love with it. No, 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 I'm not done yet. That's fine. That's, no, 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 that's fine. <laughs> For like... And then, so he'll, so he'll buy it, fall in love with it, recommend it to people... Namely me, and say, Nick, you should buy this game so we can play it together. And I go, okay, Josh, as your friend, I will buy this game and play it with you. And that lasts about a week. <laughs> and, I, then, and then he moves on. Because I think just been of a nap. With the exception, I will say, of Overwatch and Destiny. Thank you. The two exceptions. I bought Destiny and I bought Overwatch, and I still play Destiny and Overwatch. Yes. I'm actually playing more Destiny now than even you do. Because I still play Destiny now. Yes. I mean, well, I picked it back up, but... Yeah, and which we'll, we'll talk about Destiny it's, at some point. But yeah. I am a Neither here nor there. awful influence on those around me. Oh, absolutely. And it's not even my fault. It's just who I am. Sometimes it works. Like, I enjoyed you influenced me to buy Destiny. I enjoyed you influenced me to buy Overwatch. enjoyed you influenced me to buy Bloodborne. We played Terraria twice. We did. I played Terraria a lot more than I... By myself that I played with you. And then... I played with you twice. What other games did I make you buy? Uh, Witcher? Yeah, I but... Enjoyed... I made but, everyone buy the Witcher. And, I mean, it wasn't... It's not something we could play together. It was just yeah. like, yeah, you should play this. Yeah, but I... then there's other games, like, I, like, for a week, tried to convince you to buy Payday 2. Yeah, and I was like, no. Because <laughs> you got smart. And then... <laughs> there was the other day when we were the on most, the PlayStation Yeah, party. the most recent one was... You convinced bro to buy Diablo 3, and I jump in the PlayStation party, and you got you both go, Hey, Nick, buy Diablo 3, and I immediately go, nah. <laughs> and, then, and then my buddy Mike was in the PlayStation party later, and he's like, Oh, maybe I'll pick it up on Payday, and I'm like, No, Mike, you shouldn't. No, don't. Because I'm, I'm very aware of my own faults at this point. And I'm like, Mike, no, no, you shouldn't. You're not. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna play it for long. I'm gonna guess how many times I've played with bro. I want to say that one time. Yeah. <laughs> and he keeps he keeps calling me to play with him, but it's always when I'm in the middle of something. So eventually, I'll play Diablo 3 again with Bro, because I actually love Diablo 3, and I think it's a great game, especially with people. But he, he's he got exams right now, and, and I'm I'm just, just me. I, I feel you. I'm just me. I try not to be. I really do. But... Today we're going to talk about the awful decision I made my friend Nick make that actually worked. Yeah, and no, I was really reluctant to play this because I was never a multiplayer 
uh, type of person. Like, I always stuck to, like, the story-driven games. Uh, not that... Spoilers, it is. Not that this... I, what I mean is, like, single-player uh, story campaigns. Spoilers, it's story-driven. That's what this podcast's about. Ooh. Anyways. Um, so, yeah, it was just multi... When you play it, it's multiplayer. So I was like, I don't see myself spending $60 at the time, because this was, like... I think I bought it, like, a couple weeks after release. You got it on release because you pre-ordered... Yeah. And I got it like a couple weeks after. And also, I think before we say anything, we establish it. I realize that it's $40 on PC, mm. but neither Nick or I have really good gaming PCs. So we yes. both picked it up for PlayStation. That's what we play it on. Right. Uh, I know we're console plebs. Get the fuck over it. Um, I don't have an issue with PC. I just don't have the energy to build one. I could. I've done it for other people. I just don't have the energy to do it myself. Yeah, and then maintain one. Like I've, I've been, I've been down that path. I'm okay. I got an iPad now. That's the, the closest I have to a computer at the moment. Yeah, I'm good with like popping in a disc in a PS4 and playing my game Absolutely. for the night and so, calling it a day. So anyway, for for those who do not know, Overwatch for consoles is only the sixty dollars Origins edition. So right. you get all the bonus stuff you'd get from the sixty dollars Origins edition for PC. But you, there's no option to buy just the standard edition yep, for forty it. bucks. So, so I thought. So initially, I thought forty bucks was fair and not sixty. So I was like really mad. I was like, "Why does PC get the forty dollar version and I can't buy that version to play on my PS4?" So I watched Josh play it a lot at his house, and I watched a bunch of people stream actually, it on Twitch. I think we both played it at my house because the reason I like Overwatch because you can just pass the controller. Yeah. Um. And I was just like sucked into like the characters and like how fun it looked and how pretty and, I, and how pretty it was, and I just caved and I bought it and I don't regret it. Yeah, it's a great game. We like still play to this day. Uh, we, I mean, we haven't played today. I don't even think we've really played this week because I don't think we've really been on at the same time. Yeah. But um, yeah, we we still play a lot of Overwatch together. Uh, after one of our favorite YouTubers, Donkey, we've officially started calling it Winston's Magic Castle. Which is the greatest name ever. <laughs> yes. Uh, and so we, we both play a lot of Overwatch together, and it's, it's a great game. If you haven't tried it and you're into anything, pick it up. It's like Team Fortress 2 or Team Fortress 2. We're good. But the reason we're here today is the story, which is why we're here anytime. So believe it or not, this game that has no story mode has a story to it, and it's all told through kind of exterior means. There's a little bit of it in the actual game itself, but most of it is told through cutscenes that are released on YouTube via Blizzard's, because the game is developed by Blizzard. Which, side note real quick, are gorgeous, and they need to, like, make an actual thing. Like, give me a movie, give me a miniseries, just, I, they're like, Pixar quality like short clips on YouTube. If you haven't seen them, I highly suggest watching them. And that's all I have to say about that. Continue. No, no, we're going to continue on that for a minute. Okay. I have not got feels from a fucking mini cinematic 11 minute thing since the last bastion because oh my god that made me feel. Yeah, and like they like it's what would you say like 8 minutes about? I think the last bastion is 11 minutes long. All right, somewhere around 10 minutes for like each one give or take. And they packed so much character and so much, like, 
atmosphere into these and the, videos. The music's all incredible. The characters are all so distinct. Like I still love the Genji Hanzo one. Oh, which are two of the characters sweet. that are in Overwatch. But yeah, it's so good, and it's like an entire side story to like the other stories that are involved. It's so cool. They also develop these incredible comic books. Like the comics for Overwatch are really cool. Yeah, I my just, my favorite being Torbjorn because he's my favorite character. Yeah, I just actually finished reading them all. Uh. Yeah, they're all really fun and really good to read. They kind of tell the story that takes place between the what we're gonna tell you today and like the very tail end of what we're gonna tell you today when Overwatch wasn't a thing. It's kind of like prequel stories, but it's prequel to the postquel. I don't think postquel is a word, but it's, it is it, now. It is now. You heard it here, folks. Yeah, quote me. But so, yeah, that that's where most of the media of this comes from. And with the most recent events at the time of this recording being a prequel story event, uh, Uprising. Yeah. So it was the, it's the most events so far for Overwatch have been really holiday themed. Holiday driven, yeah, like Halloween, Christmas, Chinese New Year, uh, the Olympics. Yep, that was the other one. Uh, there might have been one more. I don't know. I don't. Well, no. I don't know. That sounds about. But while we're talking about holidays, let's talk about my favorite part of Overwatch being Nick's main. (laughs) So, Nick and I both have particular play styles. My favorite heroes to play are. Like Torbjorn and May and the the kind of defense heroes. While Nick is very talented at healing, his favorite hero being Mercy. Halloween rolled around, and if you know anything about Overwatch, you know Mercy got the best skin in the game around Halloween. Yep. Which was Witch Mercy. Mm-hmm. And it is a great, great skin. Oh, yes, I agree. And... Nick never got it, and it's under season lock, so he probably won't have a chance to get it until next Halloween if he gets that chance at all. Yep. And I use that skin frequently because I got it. Hey, and on another side note to that side note, did you get the... uh... No, I didn't. I didn't get the new one. I have it. I know. I can buy it. You should, because I think that event's ending soon. Yeah. But back to the matter at hand... The story was told a little bit through the game, this most recent kind of event where you play as Tracer on her first mission in Overwatch, along with the characters Reinhardt, May, not May, Reinhardt, Mercy, and Torbjorn, uh, which was great for Nick and I because it's two of our mains. Yeah, it's fantastic. And you fought robots or omnics which is where i think we should dive into this what is an omnic which is kind of like the icp song what is a juggalo (laughs) i don't know but i'm down with the clown and i'm down for life yo i used to listen to a lot of insane clown posse it was a dark time in my life yeah i can't say that uh i did the same good good (laughs) good you did the right thing my glad you're making life choices so let's talk about omnics for a moment yes so Robots. Omnics are robots. Uh, Omnics were created by the Omnica Corporation, and they're kind of like self-replicating robots. And trust me, this will matter in a moment. So like robots making robots? Robots making robots, which make robots, which make robots. Which always end well. Yeah, because I've never, because I've never seen a fucking Terminator movie. Like, I've never, anything that makes itself does that. And the things that kind of led the Omnics 
were called God programs, which, again, if you're going to name something a God program and you expect it not to have a complex of sorts, I feel as though you're making a mistake. So while we don't know a ton about God programs... So there was... Sorry to cut you off, but there's multiple God programs. There's multiple God programs. If I... To pull a reference from the comics, which you can, and I was going to. They've they uh, one of the god uh, complexes Anubis named god Anubis. Programs, yeah, is named Anubis, which is why you have and Farah Farah and her team kind of dealt with Anubis when it rose back up, because they shut them all down and kind of put made them dormant. But you can't kill them because they're gods. But this particular one is Anubis, which is why you have the map Temple of Anubis. Which makes no sense when you're kind of just playing and it's one of the worst maps in Overwatch. But uh, that's that's an opinion by far, but I fucking hate that map. It's not the greatest. No. But it, besides the point, it it's where they housed the god program Anubis, which are kind of what run, ran the Omnix. So these things get all god complexy. Shocking, I know. Oh. And they end up getting taking control. And... They end up making the Omnics believe that they are superior to humans, which is the plot of Terminator, I realize, but Skynet decided to do that. And with that, they decided to take over the world. In a more... Do they do this in a more influential way? Like, like I'm a god complex, you're an Omnic. I want to say, hey, you should reevaluate yourself. You're better than this. Or it's like a hive mind thing where I'm just like, I believe send ones and zeros to your brain. You're you're now doing what I tell I you. I believe it was mostly hive mind at that point because we didn't have the super intelligent omnics like Zenyatta, for example. It was more omnics like Bastion, okay. which are intelligent to a point, but not can't really learn as much. Bastion. The only reason Bastion is the way he is is because he was dormant for so long. Uh, he kind of was able to get smarter, I guess. Uh, so with that, the the nations of the world rose up. The first nation to get really attacked by the Omnics was Russia, because fuck the Reds. And the because Russia is Russia, their response wasn't to try to make peace. It was to build giant fucking robots that were controlled by people and not omnics to crush the robots before they crushed them back. So it makes sense that they got all iron curtainy on me. Yeah. Like it, it just seems like it's super cliche. But then as the omnic crisis kept spreading, it got more and more cliche. So America, because we're Americans and we make soldiers, decided to make a super soldier program because we need to have a little Captain America in this mix. Oh, yeah. So they made a super soldier program that was designed to kind of attack these things. And the Germans decided to make a program called the Crusaders. Which I think is the coolest out of the three. Oh, yeah. And the Crusaders are what Reinhardt is. Reinhardt wears armor that's called Crusader armor. And I, if you actually play, and this is just a little side note, if you actually play and you look at his different skins, they each, where, where the shield comes out of his left arm, 
they each have a different emblem, and it'd be for each different crusader. So Reinhardt's emblem is a lion, because he's Reinhardt. Yeah. Um, then there's Baldric, which is one of his skins, and Baldric is a falcon, I believe. Is it a... Griffin? Yeah, I want to say Griffin. It might be a Griffin. Griffin, eagle. Bird. It's a bird. And then there's the Darkheart, no, uh, there's the Blackheart and Bloodheart skins, which have a bat or a dragon. A dragon. And then there's the most recent skin, which is the the Chinese New Year skin. Yes. Which has a monkey, but yes. I think that's just because the entire skin's based on a monkey. Yeah. But they all have different ones, and I, it's because they're all different Crusader armor sets. Is, they're all different Crusaders. Which is awesome. Like, which I love. Like, these giant knights, and they have their own factions, and they're fighting robots. Yeah, and if you, again, going back to the my favorite of the videos, you get to actually see Reinhardt in action against them in a flashback sequence in the last Bastion video. Oh, it's so cool, because it's fucking Reinhardt. And, like, as, as, as much as I'm not particularly good with Reinhardt, Reinhardt is, I think, my favorite character visually, because giant knight in armor with a hammer. Yeah. Please give me, like, six of those. <laughs> Like and I, I when they six. when they add when they added the Ice Vaults map, like seeing like pushing the the payload into the throne room yeah. where you have Baldric sitting in the throne, yeah. like the armor of him at least. Like it's just so cool to me that like this was where the Crusaders' last stand was, and all that's left really is Reinhardt. So they and as cool as they all were, it didn't exactly go super well for them. They they got their asses handed to them. So, Nick, tell me what the UN ended up doing. So, since everybody was getting their asses handed to them, the UN was like, shit, we need to do something about this before uh, we, we end up with uh, Terminators ruling the world. So, uh, they formed uh, a team, uh, and which was called Overwatch, which is the name of the game. There it is, folks. Roll credits. End of the episode. Thanks you for... can stop listening now. Thanks for stopping by. You now know where Overwatch came from. But no, but seriously, so they... Uh, How they... does D.Va fit into this? <laughs> there's some of these, and we can get into Well, it. no, we can talk about it at the end, episode. Yeah, but, like, there's some characters, like, even, like, picking up the game, like, early on, I was like... Why is he in... There's generational things in this game. Uh, yeah, which I... Which is why, like, Ada and Soldier and Reinhardt are so old compared to, like, Diva and Lucio. Which I get, but it's just weird that, like, some of these characters, like, are in this team, but then you it kind of makes sense when you, when you know how, like, the team progressed, which we'll now explain, and then we'll get into that later. So, the UN made uh, the first Overwatch team. And the team included uh, Jack Morrison, which is... We'll get to that. You don't want to say it yet? I want to say it. All right. I won't say it I want to say it Okay. For those who are just learning this for the first time, there's Jack Morrison. There's Jack Morrison. There is Gabriel Reyes from the United States. Both Th of them were ended up being super soldiers. Uh, there's Torbjorn uh, Lindholm, who was an engineer and a weapon designer from Sweden. Uh, Reinhardt Wilhelm, who we just talked about extensively, a crusader from Germany. And Anna Amari, who is a expert sniper from Egypt. And Liao, who I don't, don't, shit about. don't really know anything about. He's 
he, she is not in the game. I believe Liao's a woman, but I'm not 100% positive. We don't really know anything on her. Yeah, she's not in the game. I, uh, she's not a political character yet. Hopefully. A lot of people were thinking that when Sombra was coming out, it was going to be Liao. Because we got, we got Anna, who was a part of the original group, as the first yep. uh, extra added on character. Uh, and then we ended up with Sombra. And then we ended up with. What's the new one? Arisa. Arisa. I don't know, the fucking centaur bitch. That's rude. I think Arisa's dope. I love Arisa, actually. <laughs> she's like one of my favorite new heroes. But, uh, yeah, so a lot of people thought Which we is, were She's get... an Omnic, right? Technically uh, reformed, yeah. engineered. She is a reformed Omnic. They recreated but, her. Yeah, like originally she was came from an Omnic. And yeah. then they reper- her creator remade her. There's a couple Omnics that are playable characters in this game, but the only Omnics that were in the Crisis were Arisa Omnics and Bastion Omnics. Uh, the intelligent ones didn't come till later. They, when they repurposed the Omnic factories. But we're getting ahead of ourselves again. <clears throat> yes. So... So, um, those were the members of the first team. The They were led by Reyes. Uh, but Morrison was the moral webbing that kept the crew together, basically. And because of this dynamic, Overwatch uh, really prevailed in this fight against the Omnics. It's because Reyes was Mexican, and because Morrison was a white man with blonde hair, so they liked him more than the Mexican guy. I really think all of Overwatch just comes down to racism. I don't know what you're saying. Oh, look at this really diverse cast. They liked the blonde white guy more than the Mexican. Don't give me this shit. Sir, <laughs> you're being rude. I appreciate I'm it. Being accurate. You don't know that. I'm <laughs> making grand assumptions about these characters. Yes. And I feel comfortable with my assumptions. Look, right. at, the, look at this crew. The first crew, you got Torbjorn, a Swede. Uh huh. White blonde guy. You got. What is it? Reinhardt. He's a, G- a German. German. A white blonde guy. Uh huh. Yeah, they're, this is all about the Aryan race here. What about Anna? She's Egyptian. Yeah, they thought her on the group just because they needed to have a diverse cast. They didn't actually like her. They did the same thing with Reyes. <laughs> okay, anyway. Besides, besides my racist tangent about how all these characters are Nazis, uh, let's continue. So, because of this, because of what this Overwatch did, the Omnic Crisis was ended. Now, there was a lot of things that came from the end of the Omnic Crisis and a lot of deals made with the remaining Omnics that were intelligent, because not all Omnics were dumb war machines. There were some intelligent Omnics. But with it all ended, Overwatch decided to stay together. So Overwatch became, I, I guess what would essentially be a real-world Justice League. And actually, I, in my head, I, I always equated it more with Watchmen, because this whole story follows a kind of Watchmen Incredibles vibe if you cuz I know you're not super familiar with Watchmen. <clears throat> yeah. But the Incredibles spoilers is the same plot as Watchmen. I'm not fucking around. Well, The Incredibles is a fantastic movie. Oh, I agree. Probably one of Pixar's best, but it's the same plot as Watchmen. All right. Which is not a bad thing cuz no. the Watchmen plot is great. There's a less rape in The Incredibles though. <laughs> I mean, like I mean a, unless I missed that end credit scene. I mean, but. like, a lot less. And, like, less murder. And, like... Although there is murder in The Incredibles. Less blue penis. 
There's less blue penis in The Incredibles. I think that just makes that an inferior movie. Yeah, it's little <laughs> penis, though. Because Dr. Manhattan has a little dick. I don't know how he thought he was a god with such a little penis. He could have just made it bigger. Pretty sure he could do whatever he wants. Pretty sure he's the god of the current DC universe. I'm pretty sure DC Comics lost its fucking mind somewhere along the way. <laughs> Which might be a good thing. I love it. <laughs> I'm going to throw it out there. This is maybe the best thing DC Comics has ever done in our Overwatch episode. Because <laughs> we like tangents. But back to what we were talking about. The team ended up becoming a real-world Justice League where they were superheroes, essentially, because most of them were superhuman to a degree or at least used superhuman abilities. Yeah, they have advanced technology where you have you know torbjorn can build things and reinhardt has this amazing armor and as and, part of like this crew of knights of yol yeah and like reyes and morrison are super soldiers like you pretty much have superheroes who are out saving the world from whatever they see fit yeah, and they, they actually can, and because of the popularity of a group like this, it caused other people to come forward who had those powers. So to begin with, they started gathering people with talents, and fighters, and scientists, and doctors, and then they ended up changing leadership, which obviously made Reyes so happy that the white, blonde Nazi is now leading the group. So Morrison... Nazi. So Jack Morrison, because he's an Aryan... Prince. So Jack Morrison became the strike commander with Anna Mari being the captain after Morrison. And Reyes, because we can't have a Mexican as the leader of the group, started leading the group Blackwatch, which is the covert kind of operations that Overwatch would do that no one knew about. Yes. And I think it's very important to point out that Blackwatch was co like super covert. It wasn't like Oh, there's this group called Blackwatch under Overwatch. They're so cool because they're the Blackwatch and <laughs> the secrets. Black and edgy. Yeah, they're the they're the 007th. No, like literally no one knew about this group. Like it was like the, the NSA spying on us. Yeah. Like then no one knew about this shit. And because they were doing things that They were doing the dirty deeds. They were the Justice League Dark of the Justice League. They were the X Force of the X Men, if you will. They were Willing to do the things that Overwatch publicly couldn't do. Right. And Reyes was in charge of that. And Reyes was, like, down to recruit and shit. It was pretty cool. But it's really important to realize that this was all going on under the scenes of what looked like superheroes. So, while the public Overwatch was gaining people like Mercy, who decided to come over after... She saw it, and they needed a medic, and Mercy is a medic. Her name, I forget her actual name. She's Mercy to me. but She's always Mercy to me. She <laughs> created these things that could heal. Uh, and then you had Genji, who was a ninja, essentially, who got almost killed by his brother, who got picked up by Overwatch and fixed by Mercy. Uh, you ended up with Winston, who's a giant sentient gorilla, which I, I think about sums it up. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's really... And he's really, really smart. And he's from the fucking moon. Yeah. I love Overwatch. There's giant gorillas on the moon. Every time! In these... In the... the In most of the animated shorts, they pan up to the moon at the end. And I don't know why, 
But every time I see it, I go, there's gorillas up there. Because <laughs> there is. In Winston's lore, he was a part of an experiment on the moon yeah. uh, to make smart, sentient gorillas, the planet of the apes, that shit up. On the moon. And the gorillas took over because this entire franchise, I'm realizing, is just 80s movies and 80s comic books. Yeah, actually. Which so I'm okay with. Yeah. Like, I got, you got a little bit of Terminator in there. Yep. You got, you got some Planet of the Apes. You got some, like, Watchmen comics, which came out in the 80s. Yep. Like, I don't, I don't see a problem with this. Yeah, it's, but pretty, it's pretty good. This entire franchise was made by people who I assure you grew up in the 80s. Probably. And I'm okay with that. Yes. It's great stories. Right. But, yeah, he's a genius monkey from the moon. Yeah, he's a super which... genius ape from the moon. <laughs> Tangent again. <laughs> Do you remember the joke I made about the moon and Winston? Now what up? So, context. We're playing... We must have been playing Overwatch. Yeah, I doubt we would be playing anything else. If, if this joke it's came not, from... So we're, so we're playing Overwatch. It's me, Josh, and our friend, Bro. And Bro says, Is Winston British? And Josh goes, Why do you think that? And he goes, Because he's smart, and he's from the moon. <laughs> And Josh goes, he's from the moon. That doesn't mean he's British. And I was like, Josh, don't you know that Brexit, all the British went to the moon? <laughs> they Brexited to the moon, and Josh lost his goddamn mind when I said that. Because it's one of those situations... So at PlayStation parties a lot of the time, especially when bro's there, bro does a lot of the talking, and I do a lot of the yelling at bro. But Nick isn't always the most talkative in our PlayStation parties. Sometimes I forget he's there, especially when bro and I are going back and forth, like in that situation. So to have them interject a Brexit joke in the middle of it all, it was just flawless. Yeah, he... So anyway, Winston's from the moon. He wears glasses and he gets pissed when you break them. <laughs> and he eats they... peanut butter. And he eats peanut butter. And that's all I do when I play Winston. Just sit there and eat peanut butter. And another member who came over to the group was Tracer, who was a pilot who was trying an experimental time device thing and ended up getting displaced from time. So she wears a harness that allows her to be anchored in our time. Yes. It was a, it was part of a jet. It was part of a new, if, I'm, if I remember correctly, it was part of a, uh, like a, it was the, the, the time device was part of the jet, uh, to make probably travel faster. And, uh, she was a pilot. So obviously she test drove it. And uh, there was an accident which caused her to disappear for, like, a long period of time. I don't quite remember the exact duration. It was months. Yeah, it was, it was somewhere in the time span of months. And then she randomly reappeared and had, like, this difficulty of, like, staying in, like, reality. She like, had a chrono sickness. Yeah. <laughs> so she would, like, disappear and, like, reappear. So Winston, being the genius that he is... Uh, developed uh, time harness. Yeah, it's basically a time harness. It's a device to keep her stable, and by stable I mean not disappear from our re or their reality or their time or their time. Yeah, and, and and then we also have Gerard Lacroix, who was the husband of Widowmaker, who is uh, an assassin for Talon. I'm sure at some point we should talk about Talon when we do like a general Overwatch episode rather than the basic history of it. Yeah. But the Gerard ended up getting killed by her, her his wife, Widowmaker. 
who was became a sleeper agent for Talon. And tragedies like what happened with Tracer and what happened with Gerard and all that kind of got swept under the rug and hidden because they didn't want Overwatch to look bad. This was this would be like if the Justice League were accidentally killing members. Yeah. Which they've never they've never accidentally killed a member of Flash. No. Not they've never had a member go like crazy and try to kill them, Green Lantern. Like they no, never. No. So it's weird. Yeah. But yeah, as so since they were since Overwatch is basically this like public force of good, like they have to keep this persona. Like they saved them from this giant war and now they're the f- they're like looked to as like the first line of defense and against major threats. And they need to be, and they're even the first line of defense against threats that can only be solved through covert murder. So right, with because of Blackwatch, but right. that needs, to, but that's why it's hidden because the public probably would look not fondly at murder. Also, it's also generally made up of criminals too, because McCree became a member of Blackwatch around this time. McCree was a criminal, kind of hanging out in the USA under in the desert and all that. Uh, and he ended up getting caught by Reyes, who told him, you can either go rot in a prison cell or you can join me in Blackwatch. So McCree isn't exactly the most re- reputable kind of person. Yeah. Not you don't think... He's a criminal. Red, white, and blue flag waving... Yeah. He's not... He doesn't stand baby, on... Baby kissing fella. It's because he's not blonde. He, uh... <laughs> so... He he ends up joining Blackwatch, but he's not a good guy. He's he's an ex he's an ex con. He's an ex bank robber essentially. So, but he can't be a part of regular Overwatch. He's got to be part of Blackwatch because of that reason. Do so, we know, do we know what are the? Not do we know what are the members of Blackwatch that we know? The only ones that we know were members of Blackwatch were Reyes, obviously McCree, yep. Genji. Genji, yes. when he first came in, became a member of Blackwatch. Do you think that's because he looked weird because he had robotic parts? He was, I, I'm going to also assume... He's, and because he's a ninja? He's pretty talented at being secret and killing yeah. things because okay. he's a ninja. Yeah. So when, when Genji was first recreated, he was a member of Blackwatch, but then he eventually graduated from Blackwatch into Overwatch, which is why he's in a lot of promotional stuff for Overwatch in lore. But yeah, he when he was first created, first recreated, when he was kind of like half naked and robotic, he was definitely a member of Blackwatch, and there's even a Blackwatch skin for him. Which is dope. It's one of his coolest skins. I don't even play the damn character. So, at the time though, Reyes was pissed. And you really can't blame him. He went from being the leader of this team that was relatively famous and yeah. in charge of saving the world from the Omnicrisis to being... Literally swept under the rug. Yeah, like literally, he's part of a team that, like, for all intents and purposes, doesn't exist. So, like, by that extension, he doesn't really exist. And Reyes liked existing. Yeah, he, he probably he, liked the attention. He was down being in charge. So he used to be in charge and famous, but now he's taking a backseat to Morrison, which caused him to start to resent Morrison. And again, I can't, as a human, I can't blame him, but as a hero, it makes him sound selfish, which right. heroes aren't supposed to be selfish. But as a human, you really can't blame him. Yeah, but it makes sense. Yeah. So 
Reyes decided to start a rebellion and start building a rebellion against Morrison, which ended up causing a schism in Overwatch. So, certain members sided with Reyes and certain members sided with the Morrison side of Overwatch. And then certain members just outright left because that's some fucking bullshit. They didn't sign up for this. Yeah. And the most notable member to just leave because of this shit is McCree. McCree did not sign up to do this. McCree signed up to be a hero. Even if his heroism needed to be covert. He still he still agreed to do this because he thought he could be a hero. So McCree left Blackwatch at this time because he was done with Reyes' shit and he wasn't going to deal with a stupid schism in the middle of Overwatch. Right. So this is also where the fall of Overwatch kind of starts, or at least this Overwatch that we're talking about. Because all of these events take place 30 years before the video game does. So, and I don't know if I said that up top, but I think it's important to realize that this is all took place 30 years before the video game. So time passed in between. Or at least the the Omnic Crisis started 30 years beforehand. This is probably, I would guess, 10 years before the video game started. If I were to guess on a timeline that I swear I didn't look at. (laughs) Swear. So, the public started not liking them as much. Nick, tell me a little bit about it. So, obviously, if you're having all these these issues internally, cracks start to form. So the public starts to see that. So now they're, they're a great god complex uh, to tie back to the Omnics. Ooh, got him! Ooh. Ooh, got him! Their god complex starts to... Uh, they start to see through it and see that, hey, maybe we shouldn't, you know, trust these guys as much. There's clearly issues going on inside... Uh, they're they're fighting amongst themselves. Are they gonna have like time to like protect us? And then there was other things like they their activities started coming to light, especially Blackwatch activities, which were illegal. Right. Like they like the Blackwatch activities started to be shown, and like the existence became public. Which, I mean, when you look at uh, in a real world parallel, when you look at when you found out the United States government was spying on you. You were like that. It was a total invasion. So imagine you're superheroes and you find out they have a team of assassins working for them too for what the superheroes can't do. Yeah. Like that is reality breaking to a point. And the public obviously didn't like that. And you can't hate that either. And then they didn't, as much as they were invincible superheroes, they started losing missions, which isn't exactly what you want from your superhero team. You can't. Yeah. Praise this team of heroes if they can't even do their fucking job. It's not, it's not like a sport when you're like, ah, yeah. oh, you'll get them next time, champ. And then there was corruption and human rights abuses, which they just only mentioned, but like, I can't even imagine what that kind of stuff was. And I'm sure Talon had something to do with it. Talon is a, a rival organization of Overwatch that is way more into the Blackwatch kind of stuff than Overwatch was. And is basically just a group of assassins and mercenaries who like taking things. They're the bad guys because they're named Talon. Yeah. So, yeah, they they ended up becoming less and less popular in a public way, which is not good for the organization, especially when it's going through a schism. Right. So, this all came to a head in Switzerland. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> the UN was... Um, obviously looking to investigate into what was happening with the internals of Overwatch, because obviously they created this team. 
so they have a certain liability towards it. So if the public is starting to like go, I don't know about this, they're, they're probably like, oh, maybe we should take a look at this and uh, do something about it. So as they were starting to do that, Reyes uh, led an attack on uh, Morrison at the Swiss base. Which, if I remember correctly, the Swiss base was their main base. Switzerland being the neutral country. They Their main base was in Switzerland. And we only really hear about the Swiss base. The only other base, bases we see is we, hear, we see Gibraltar mm-hmm. and we see the Antarctic base. Right. Which really didn't have anything to do with the main lore. That was just there because they needed to have a reason to exist. <laughs> But they, the Swiss base was where they were kind of focused. Where they, they, where Overwatch was, was in Switzerland. Yes, that was their watchtower. Yeah, that was their watchtower. To watch make tower. more parallels. Um. So yeah. So Reyes attacked that base where they all, uh, where Morrison was. Uh, in the scuffle, the base kind of blew up. Kinda, yeah. It, Just a little bit. It it went boom. Yeah. And when. The watchtower explodes, everyone sees it. Yeah. So the world knew what happened in Switzerland because there was a giant fucking explosion. It was great. Yeah, the the, the place where your uh, your heroes come from fell. It's not a it's not a great view in the public Olympus eye. Olympus fell. Olympus fell. Thank you. Olympus has fallen. Pretty sure that was a shitty movie about the White House. <laughs> it was. My dad saw that movie. There was like that movie and then another movie about the White House falling that came out like in the same week. And my dad saw both of them and he really couldn't tell the difference. <laughs> <laughs> like movies are great. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, so the base went boom, and the UN uh, tried to cover it up as best they could, and uh, Morrison and Reyes were both pronounced dead, and the U uh, well. The UN shut down Overwatch and announced the Petrus Act, which made Overwatch activity illegal. All Overwatch activity illegal. Which just makes more parallels to Watchmen and The Incredibles. Because the in Watchmen, they have a, an anti-vigilante act that is made after the first... There's the... They're not called the Watchmen. They're called, I think, the Minutemen. It's been so many years since I've even read Watchmen. But the, the original group of Watchmen, which bears Overwatch, and then a, a second group of Watchmen, which is like the group you know, which is Rorschach and Silk Spectre and all them, and the comedian being like the older one from the original group. But they, they ended up shutting down vigilantism because the public didn't want it anymore. The vigilantes were getting too badass, or I mean violent, and the... <laughs> Public wasn't nearly as interested in having violent vigilantes patrolling the streets, which is kind of what the Petrus Act was. They they made sure that Overwatch couldn't be a thing anymore. And if you were gonna do any Overwatch like stuff, like I don't know, fucking vigilantism, they it would be considered illegal. So groups like Talon, yeah, they're gonna do Overwatch like stuff, but they're already doing illegal shit. Who gives a fuck? Yeah. But it's more to stop the heroes from doing things. So it made it so that people like Tracer, who really wasn't involved in either side of this war that happened between Morrison and Reyes, that couldn't continue being Tracer. And Winston, who, like, this is all he had. Yeah, this like, was his, his life. His 
family, like the closest thing he had to a father was a scientist on the moon who we never hear from again because you assume he died when the gorillas took over the moon. Favorite sentence. And uh, so this is all he had. And with Overwatch shut down, what else did he have to live for? So you you end up with a lot of heroes that are misplaced because for the first time ever, they felt a family, they felt a connection to the people around them. But they, they no longer have that because the Petrus Act exists. So they they lost contact and kind of split up. So that's kind of where we have the comics. So this is where the comics really fit in. Because most of the comics take place between the video game and when the Petrus Act is enabled. So you have Reinhardt kind of walking around, fighting dragons... Get it because the gang is called the dragons. Ha <laughs> ha! They weren't really dragons. And you have Torbjorn fighting Omnix, literally fighting Omnix, because the Omnix are starting to rise again. Or at least to some point, some degree. Some Omnix are still rising and stuff. But like that's the issue in South Korea. There's an Omnic giant Omnic that keeps rising from the ocean and attacking South Korea. So they made a game out of it, which is how Diva exists. Diva and then you have the intelligent Omnics, because they're self-replicating still, there's more intelligent Omnics now than there were before. And they are trying to find their place in society. They're humanoid. They are have feelings and thoughts and can grow. Right. And they, they're trying to find their place in society, so some places, like London, hate that. Right, so you have this big, like, to put in, like, a race issue yeah it, well it, it does become a race issue right because the humans don't want the omnics around but the omnics just want to live their lives well these and specific omnics these who, specific who are who's not blowing up shit yeah the the non-war omnics yes your zenyatas your zenyatas so and that's where zenyata fits into all of this the these omnics found a way to gain enlightenment which is how this entire group of omnic monks existed and they were the kind of ones who were brokering the peace between these Omnics and these humans. They were the ones who were like, we just want peace. They were monks. Which is why Zenyatta literally is Zen in his fucking name. <laughs> if you watch the, the short with Widowmaker, you get to see what how that all went down. And I don't want to spoil that, because yeah. that made me lose my mind the first time I watched it. That was a good short. But the, the Omnics are finding some places very difficult like london and russia where like london they keep them underground russia just doesn't even want them there they're yeah. killing omics <clears throat> yeah russia just nope no robots australia hates them too because australia is a nuclear wasteland because of an omnic factory exploded and caused a nuclear bomb in the middle of the outback so like Australia went true Mad Max, again, going back to 80s movies, yep. which is why Junkrat and Roadhog look like they're from Mad Max. The, but then there's other places like Dubai and uh, Numbani, which are really Omnic-friendly, which is where Lucio comes from. Lucio, I believe, is from Numbani, and he is totally down for Omnics. Like, really? Tracer is down with Omnics. Yeah. Tracer likes it. It's Arisa like, came from Numbani. Yeah, Arisa came from Nubani, who was a recreated, repurposed Omnic who is just designed to help people. Yeah. So, and this is one of the war Omnics that's now doing that. So, while all of this is going on, the between Overwatch and all that, the Overwatch heroes are still heroes and still trying their best to be heroes. Like, even McCree, 
who has no reason to be a hero. Yep. It's still He found his purpose when Rhea said, Come join Overwatch or Blackwatch. And it created a purpose in him that allowed him to stop bank robberies. Because that's who he is now. He's a hero. Yep. And then there were other things that ended up happening too with Reyes and Morrison, who I know we just said were dead, but spoilers. They're not. They're not. Mor- Morrison uh, ended up going kind of the route of McCree, where he just like donned a new uh, a new identity and just did some vigilanteism. And uh, spoilers, he's Soldier Seventy Six. Soldier Seventy Six is Jack Morrison, the original leader of Overwatch. And he is just, I work alone. <laughs> he's like grumpy, gra- he's grumpy dad now who works alone and doesn't want any of your shit because last time we worked with a teen, they blew him up. So he's all set with all that uh, and decided to become an actual vigilante where in the same way, Reyes became something else. I, I like the logic behind what Reyes becomes baffles me. Yeah. So he he ends up getting blown up and, and healed by Mercy, who found him in this whole mess, obviously distorted to some way, and was attempted to get put back together by Mercy, who, by the way, that sweet baby angel just wants everyone to be healthy. <laughs> and Mercy is the <laughs> sweetest character in Overwatch. God bless her. God bless her, because there's no reason she had to try to heal Reyes, but she still tried to heal Reyes the best she could. And because of that, his cells no longer did the thing cells do. They regenerate and decay at an increased rate, which, I mean, Deadpool does too. But, like, it makes sense with Deadpool because he just ends up with a healing factor. Yeah, I don't think his degenerate. He is per- He is degenerating. Which is how Deadpool works. He's got all oh, he's got all the cancer. He's got all the cancer. <laughs> the cancer. He's got all the cancer. So his cells are constantly, which also doesn't really make sense because isn't cancer increased cell generation? Might be. Are you trying to tell me these comic books aren't factually <laughs> accurate? <laughs> <laughs> I look, neither of us majored in biology. Hell, I majored in dead things, and he majored in electricity. What do you want from us? <laughs> <laughs> But he, so he ends up becoming a black cloud because that's, that's, that's what happens when your cells are generating and regenerating at the same, or degenerating and regenerating at the same time. You become a black cloud and then became Reaper, King of the Edgelords and joined up with Talon and now, I don't know, hangs out with Widowmaker and gets pissed off at Sombra. Is that all he does now? He doesn't really win anything. I haven't seen Reaper successfully complete a... Anything. At least Widowmaker successfully completed a mission. Yeah. At least, like, Sombra didn't even give a shit. Like, Reaper, from what we've seen, has done, like, three or four missions, if you want to count comics, and and he sucks. He sucks at all of them. He should stick to being covert. Yeah. Not King of the Edgelords. (laughs) Too much Edgelord. Yeah, you could... It's taken away from his uh, his skill. Yeah, so so he just kind of hangs out and, and degenerates and regenerates, becomes a cloud... And looks like death. I don't know. I, Reaper Metaphors. Pisses, Reaper pisses me off. I, <laughs> I really think... I really... Like, I like... A, he's okay as a character, but... He, I think that, like... 
they tried really hard to make him cool. And I don't think he comes off as cool at all. Like, I think Reinhardt comes off as cool because Reinhardt comes off as, like, a badass. Like, he's, like, he's got his morals, but he's a knight in signing armor who, like, charges into people and slams them with a hammer. Like, he's cool, like... Like, the Hulk is cool, but, like, Reaper is cool, like, the Punisher is cool. And the Punisher, I don't think, is very cool. Teach their own. Yeah. But if your name is, uh, I am Death 666, and you play Reaper, there's no way I'm not making fun of you in voice chat. There's no fucking way. Those are the best. When the when that game first came out, I have a whole cult. There's an entire Twitter account. Oh, I know. That's just devoted to Reaper names, because when when the game was in beta, everyone who had those edgy names was playing Reaper because it was cool, and it was so funny to me. I and and I again, I think that Soldier seventy six is another edgy character that like just scoots a little bit too close to the edge. It's really funny to me. <laughs> it's really, really funny to me. Because I, I just play the angry gnome. I run around going, For the last time, I'm Swedish! <laughs> and I'm just like... Shooting people in my molten core. Torbjorn's the best. Torbjorn is fun. And then... But... Let's lean into a little bit of why we have this game the way we do today. Bring it to present day. Let's bring it a little bit to the present day, shall we? Yes. So, Winston, there's a, there's a short uh, called The Recall. <laughs> Spoilers! I wonder what it's about, Josh. It's about Winston. Uh-huh. You know, the, the character that we, we were talking about kind of was empty after Overwatch. And it shows him constantly debating whether he should reactivate Overwatch, despite what the Petrus Act says. Right, because he believes that even though they went through all this... Overwatch still did good. Yes. And they did do good. But he believes that they still can do good, especially in the world today with all this stuff going on. These issues with race between Omnics and humans. The fact that Talon is still fucking shit up. Despite the fact that Reaper can't complete a mission to save his goddamn life. Like, they're still For doing the missions things. that Reaper are not in charge of. Yeah. People need to... People need to be there to stop them. Right. And, and there's no one there to stop them right now, or at least no one organized. And then you have issues like in Spain you uh, or Mexico, you have uh, Los Muertos. Like, that's a, a real issue because they have, like, miniguns and shit. Los Muertos is just a thing. And, which, by the way, Sombra, like, Cannon used to be a part of Los Muertos. Really? Yeah, it's not just a skin. She, Cannon, used to be a part of Los Muertos, which makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, but they... He was thinking about this, and he's constantly debating with this issue. Uh, and then Reaper breaks into his fucking place, because... Because <laughs> Reaper. And, well, he's trying to steal... Talon wants the names and locations of all ex-members of Overwatch, because at this point, that's what Talon wants to do, just eliminate Overwatch. Yes. All these members are getting in our way. Finish the problem once for all. Yeah, all these members are getting in our way, and oh, while we're here, we might as well kill the gorilla. And uh, because Reaper can't complete a mission... He gets his ass handed to him by Winston, which is great. But that's when Winston realizes, like, we need this team. Yeah. Because this team is the only thing that's keeping us, or that can keep us from this. So he reactivates Overwatch in the face of the Petrus Act, knowing that if any member individually were caught 
they would be prosecuted under the Petrus Act. He just thinks that it is the greater good. Yes. So they are all acting as vigilantes at this point. And that's how we end up with Overwatch as we have it today. And we also end up with new members joining Overwatch for the first time ever. So we end up with the oldest members like Torbjorn and Soldier and Reinhardt all joining Overwatch, who were the original team. You end up with older members, like or less old members, like Tracer and Genji rejoining, but you end up with new members, like Lucio and Diva, who all have never been a part of Overwatch before and are joining as this whole new generation of Overwatch. Right. They were kind of like the, the pillars from where they came from, because Lucio helped... When he wasn't making music in his free time. He did His music did help. It did. Feel the rhythm! <laughs> but he, he also put a lot of time into helping uh, his country recover from all the attacks. Right. Um, so it makes sense for him as, like, the kind of, like, the voice of where he comes from to join this he's Overwatch a, team. He's also a voice of peace in a time where peace is far to hop difficult to find he's upbeat and no pun intended and peaceful and he's my favorite bard in a video game and then you have diva who like is in charge like she's a i think in lore she's a starcraft 2 player she's like and she's a starcraft 2 esports player who got really really famous because they then because she was so good at starcraft they (laughs) because logic hold on go ahead they they ended up giving her a giant mech and told her to go fight the robot of the ocean and which she live streams that yeah every time the giant robot comes back and now she's a member of overwatch imagine that you get so good at video games that just like have a giant mech and go fight real robots you can live stream it we'll it's give like you, we'll give you twitch subscriptions it's like pixels but better i think everything is pixels <laughs> but better. like like have you ever seen have you ever seen anything? That's yeah. like pixels, but better. Like the notebook. There's similarities between the notebook and pixels because there's people in it. It's like pixels, but better. Like the Kubert game at the bar we go to mm-hmm. is like pixels, but better. Yes. And it's the original Kubert pi- machine. Yeah. It's got Donkey Kong there too. Like pixels, but better. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you end up with this whole new generation who grew up with the Overwatch Museum, and knowing that these characters once existed, but now are fighting alongside legends. Yeah. And are paving their own way through there in a way that has never been paved before. So so Overwatch becomes a thing again, and now we fulfill missions and get loot boxes and uh, get real mad at ranked. And, and that's the lore of Overwatch. It, it ends with me getting pissed at ranked. But at the end of the day, I absolutely love the story for this game, and I that love the great. characters so much. And we're not even touching each individual character. Yeah, we kind of just briefly went into them, like, or just mentioned their names. We didn't even talk about Hanzo, really. Yeah, we. Like, I don't think we mentioned it. There's May. We mentioned his name once. There's, there's May and everything she was doing for like environmental relief. Yeah. For through Overwatch. We haven't even talked about because it, it doesn't have anything to do with this main timeline, this main story. So there's so much to it. Like Bastion's a character. Yep. Like it's it's so cool, and I I absolutely love it. And if you get the chance, you can look it up yourself. 
In the meantime, Nick and I are both planning on someday doing another episode of Overwatch lore that really delves more into some of these characters that we didn't really deal with, like Zarya, who is like this pinnacle of Russian strength. And like my second main. And Nick's second main. And like, yeah, so we could talk about even what happened with Australia. I know we touched on it, but there's like so much more as to like... (laughs) Junkrat and Roadhog and that dynamic. Yeah, we didn't really get into them as characters or, like, what their motives are. Yeah, which are great. Yeah. So, we... Someday, Nick and I will tackle that again, but for now, I thought we should just set up a really good... It's a good base. A good base for Overwatch, because we love this game so much. We really wanted to keep it going and keep a... Start a conversation about it so that we could continue a conversation at a later date. Uh... Kind of like what we did with our last episode, the Pokemon episode, where we started a conversation and we can continue it later. Yeah. Uh, you... If you guys want to see it sooner than later, let us know. We're 100% down to do that because Overwatch is so fucking cool. Oh, that's great. But in the meantime, Nick. Yes. What have you been playing? I have been playing uh, Bloodborne. And I am at the end of the DLC. Fighting Koss. How are you dealing with Koss? I have massive heartburn. Josh. Why? Tell me about it. I'm on New Game Plus and fighting Koss for the first time. You're fine. You know what it is? I'm actually fine, but you want to know why I'm not? And I think it's because I'm on New Game Plus. I can get through the first phase completely fine. We just... That's not because you're on New Game Plus. The first phase is significant. No, I know. (laughs) But, like, get through with, like, a couple of blood vials barring my mistakes. Just have them jump over you, backstab them. Blah, blah, blah. Second phase is where he goes apeshit. Truly apeshit. But, like, I'm not that bad at it. Like, I don't die instantly. Like, I last a while. It's just that he literally... How do I put this? He Sansu Zekens me from Final Fantasy. <laughs> like, little, like the motion and everything. Grabs his fucking placenta. Like, winds up and, like, just goes through me and then I'm dead. With, yep. like, a shit ton of health. And I'm just like, he literally just stands here and me, and like, I shouldn't have died. Like, normally I could take a hit, like, like if he just hit me. Or, like, hit me twice. But, like, this one move just eliminates me, and I always get hit by it. Did you, uh, remember that time I was texting you while playing Bloodborne, and I was telling you how much I love the game? And then I responded with, no, never mind, fuck this game. Yeah. And I had one hit left on Koss, and I died. Mm. He did that move to me. I think it's his strongest move. It seems like it, because that's usually what I die to. I will tell you that, like... That are combos that, like, I could have full health and he'll come with me and I'm dead. Because you you get stun-locked and you cannot get out. If you get caught in one of his combos, give up. Like, there's there's nothing, like, you you just gotta take the the death. Like, there's there's nothing around it. It's a good thing that Bloodborne doesn't have lives, that's all I'm saying. But... It just sucks because the first part just takes so long. And I... I... It takes so long to get to... And then, like, the second the second phase just goes by in an instant. I I mean, I really liked fighting Koss. No, he's fun. He's, he's way more fun than fucking Lawrence. I still have to do him, too. Yeah, Lawrence can suck my dick. But, uh, yeah, the you're at one of my favorite parts in Bloodborne. I really did enjoy fighting Koss. And right before that, when you... I liked the, I liked the Fisherman Settlement. I don't think I'm in the majority there. The I thought it was... I thought it was cool. Definitely going through it, I was like, I like this change of atmosphere. And I got very, like, 
Pirates of the Caribbean, like the darker Pirates of the Caribbean stories vibe from it. Yeah. Which was really, like, I feel like you could be fighting Davy Jones at the end instead of Koss. With me, though, because I'm such a big Lovecraft fan, it reminds me of the Inns, of the Shadow over Innsmouth, which is a, a story that Lovecraft wrote, which involved the Deep Ones, which were giant fishmen. All right, it makes sense now. So it's real because the entire game is very Lovecraft based. Like the Fisher, the Fisher's Hamlet or whatever, is really based on Innsmouth, which is so fucking cool to me because it's my favorite Lovecraft story. Is the Shadow over Innsmouth? It's so fascinating. It it's really cool, and it's like I think the least racist he gets. I yeah, uh, and also there's some really cool lore that will event will eventually touch on Bloodborne lore because we both love this game so much. There's some really cool lore with crossing over from the astral clock tower into this place. That was dope. Because this is... You don't know where you are necessarily in time. Because Souls games just fuck with all your time, but Bloodborne generally doesn't. Which is why it's really jarring to pass into this. You have no idea how long after the death of actual Koss you are. But you're definitely after the death of Koss. Mm. Because everyone's still cursed. Yeah, so I definitely enjoyed the area. I think it was more because it was a, it was a big change of like scenery. I'm gonna tell you to do something. It's a not super spoilery, but I missed it, so that's why I'm gonna tell you. Mm. After you kill Koss mm. or the orphan, go over to the body of Koss and you'll see a shadow that looks like the orphan. Kill the shadow. Okay. Because you don't. Uh, you haven't. You can leave the area. The the lanterns up. You can leave the area and stuff, but you haven't officially killed the boss and gotten the final cutscene. Until you kill the shadow. So make sure you kill that shadow. Alright. And this... This isn't like a... Like the normal game where if I kill Koss, I'm like fucking done. Then I can't go back. Because I still have to beat Lawrence. No, yeah, yeah, you can... Okay. Yeah, you're... You haven't completed... The only time you get locked out of something is when you kill the Moon Presence or Garman. Okay. That's or... what I figured, but I was just like, this game... Yeah, my, my you, you can kill Koss and then go kill Lawrence. That's what I did. Yeah. Because I, I knew I would hate fighting Lawrence. I fucking knew I'd hate fighting Lawrence. It's just... He does way too much damage. Cost or Lawrence? Lawrence. Yeah, he can suck my dick. He, like... One arm will half health me. I'm just like, why? Yeah, he can solidly suck my dick. I don't... I'm not a huge fan of fighting beasts in that game anyway. My favorite parts in that game are when you're fighting Hunter on Hunter. But to a, in to a degree, Cost is that. Hunter on Hunter. Yeah. But the beasts were never a big thing for me in Bloodborne. Luckily, the hunter fights really made up for that. Like, fighting Garman is still one of my favorite moments in Bloodborne. But as for me... Yes, what are you playing, Josh? I've been playing Skyrim. <laughs> I'm a vampire. I've never done a playthrough of Skyrim where I went full evil, full vampire. And it's great. I, like, keep turning to, like, the bat monster from Underworld and just fucking shit up. It's great. <laughs> but I also want to do another playthrough of Skyrim where I do a Khajiit warrior and I'm going to throw on some mods that maybe fucking will work. <laughs> Nick gets here and I'm in the middle of trying to get mods to work for Skyrim and it's giving me heartburn. So, but I'm hoping to do like a big Khajiit warrior. Khajiit are the cat people. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I want to be a big cat person in like, because normally they're like stealthy because the cats, but I just want to be in a big suit of armor and hit things with a battle axe and then go meow after. <laughs> like, it's really what I want in my life. 
But I think other than that, I really haven't had time for video games this week. I mean, I've been working a lot. Uh, oh! I am playing another game. I just can't play it by myself. Oh, yes. I, I have a friend, what did you pick up? I have a friend who really wants to see it, so I'm playing it for her. But I'm playing Outlast 2, which is really cool. It's does what the first one did. First off, I love... I guess the best way I can put it is hillbilly horror. Which just doesn't seem politically correct to me, but whatever. But I really love the idea of, like, these crazy southern people. And I also love crazy religion. Like, religion brought to a crazy place. Like, this game's got, like, a bunch of Christianity that's gone haywire. Like, the there's this southern Baptist preacher who's, like, preaching about the Antichrist, but he's also raping everyone. So, like, he's a real nice guy. Yeah, it seems like and it. And then there's, like, a, there's a lot of... I think sex is something that can be dealt with really elegantly in horror or really poorly in horror. But this one is... Well, rape is obviously involved in Overwatch. There's a character whose notes I keep... Not Overwatch. Fucking... <laughs> I was like, wait. Last. I missed that part. <laughs> well, well, rape is obviously a, a part of Outlast to a point. There's a character whose notes I keep reading who's a woman who keeps talking about being aroused by the Antichrist and the concept of it. Dope. And it is explicit. Oh. Talking about, like, fucking the earth, but, like, literally fucking the earth. And I was, I, like, I'm reading it out loud because I have someone in the room with me. I'm playing it with my friend. Mm -hmm. Like, she wanted to see it, and she's too big of a pussy to actually sit down and play it herself, so I have to play it. Right. So I'm reading all of these out loud in a dramatic way. <laughs> and it is jarring and uncomfortable to say out loud sometimes because of how sexually explicit it is. So, like, if you have an issue with sex and you still like horror, I wouldn't I wouldn't throw myself at Outlast. I'm going to just say, oh, and within the first three minutes of playing a game, giant penis. Just, like, giant penis on I think body. that is the telltale sign that this game is going to be great. Big dicks. First three minutes of the game, huge. Just, like, big dangling penis. Penis. So, yeah, I've been playing Skyrim, and I've been playing Outlast when my friend is here. Uh, and, yeah, but besides that, I think that's pretty much all I've been playing. I've been playing a little bit of LEGO Superheroes because Skyrim can get annoying, so I'm replaying LEGO Marvel Superheroes because I want to wanna run around as Moon Knight. There's nothing wrong with running around as Moon There's Knight. There's nothing running around wrong with running around as Moon Knight. I still wish they'd make a fucking Netflix show. But never gonna. Anyway, next time on Navi Tales, we're going to dive into the lore of something else. And I assure you, it'll be great and you're going to love it. Yes. We don't know what it is yet. <laughs> Professionals. But next time, we hope that you join us and we hope that you enjoyed this episode of Navi Tales. Until next time, I'm Josh. I'm Nick. And we'll see you later. Bye. Love you.
Nivians are boring. <laughs> Fucking hate you.